Weirdom. Revelation by and through the mind of an infant. Chapter, 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 chapter. Six, 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 six. Deconstructing belief. Da, 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 da. So you have figured out that the beliefs that you were taught as a child are no longer true. Book of Mormon isn't really what it claimed to be. Book of Abraham, the facsimiles in the Book of Abraham with the translation in the footnotes that Egyptologists can look at and tell you, no, 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 that's not what it says. There's so many things like that in the Mormon church. that if you're listening to this, you've probably recognized, okay, those beliefs that I had, no, they're not true. And you probably recognized the truth about the nature of the Mormon church and about those stories. But have you recognized yet the nature of belief itself? That what is a belief? A belief is an idea that you have decided is true for whatever reason maybe it was decided for you maybe you're just trusting other people but it's something that you have set in your mind as if this is true and maybe it's not so much just about Joseph Smith trying to pass off Egyptian translations in a day and age before the Rosetta Stone was discovered and people really knew how to translate Egyptian. Maybe it's more about the attachment that we as humans have to beliefs themselves. And maybe we have attachment to beliefs that don't have anything to do with Mormonism but are equally as problematic because the loyalty that we have to these beliefs blinds us from other possible truths, other possible realities. What do you think about that? (laughs) Is any belief true? Do you hold any belief that if you found out tomorrow that there was very good evidence to change or alter that belief, that you wouldn't change or alter it. You know, I think if you're committed to that scientific method, that scientific process of having the best conclusion based on the best possible evidence and changing it as more evidence becomes available, then to rigidly hold on to or cling to any belief is really antithetical to that entire scientific approach. So I think the real question is, what beliefs do I hold on to? That's the question for myself when I look inside and ask, am I doing it again? 
I was raised on this stuff. I was raised on standing up in front of a congregation and saying, I know things that I didn't really know. Because even calling it a belief was wishy-washy. I actually had somebody tell me that in a Sunday school class that I taught once in Gospel Doctrine. When I talked about, I believe that the church is true, instead of saying, I know that the church is true, he's like, yeah, that just seems wishy-washy. Like, yeah. It's got that feel, right? Because we're addicted to certainty. So do we carry that addiction with us? Even if the thing that we're addicted to changes and it's no longer Mormonism that we're absolutely certain about, but it's something else that we're absolutely certain about. Now, I'm not anti-belief any more than I'm anti-oxygen. Beliefs are just part of human nature. It's part of existence. Of course we're going to have beliefs. It's that clinging and the rigidity to beliefs that I want to take issue with. Because if I recognize, yeah, I've got a belief, which is a conclusion that I've made based on information that I've been given, but I recognize that I only know a sliver of what I possibly could know about any given subject. And so once again, if I get new, better data, better evidence, I'll change and I'll update my beliefs. So I'll, I'll hold beliefs and I'll own them. I'll recognize them for what they are. And I'll be flexible and I'll be malleable and I'll be very, very curious about your beliefs, about different beliefs. Because that means that you've come to a conclusion based on a, a data set that is unfamiliar to me. So I've got something to learn. Every time I come across somebody that sees things different than I do, which is pretty much everybody, I have something that I can learn from them. And I'm just saying, I like the way that that feels to to look at my own belief system that way than the way that I used to when I thought that I had the one true church and that I had to convert the entire world to my way of believing and my way of thinking, which in itself is a kind of belief. So beliefs are malleable. They can be changed. They frequently are. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's difficult. You know, let let me put it this way. When I started deconstructing the Mormon church, I didn't stop with Mormon truth claims. I kept going. I kept asking the same questions that I asked about the Mormon truth claims, about the nature of belief itself. I remember there was a something that President Monson said about belief and doubt not being able to exist at the same time within the same mind. And that didn't make sense to me. 
because I knew that in my mind I had both belief and I had both doubt. That was something that I could bear testimony of. And I started to dissect the words that are used to express feelings and beliefs. I started to look closely at the way that we string together sentences. I don't believe. I do believe. What does that mean? I do not believe. Say, for example, I do not believe that the Mormon church is true. Is that the same thing as saying, I believe that the Mormon church is not true? If I say I don't believe in God, does that mean the same thing as I believe that there is no God? If I say, I don't believe I'm going to have a very good day today, does that mean I believe I'm not going to have a very good day today? For some reason, I recognized, at least for me, that I was creating in my own mind this illusion just because of the English language that if I don't believe in something, then I don't have a belief. I don't believe that anymore. Is really the same thing as saying, I believe that that's not what I thought it was anymore. <laughs> so I thought that I was leaving belief behind, but I wasn't. I was really just believing in something different. So if beliefs are malleable, and beliefs are these lenses that I look through, but beliefs are things that give me an expectation about how the world is going to, to look, how things are going to show up, what reality is. And the principle of confirmation bias tells us that we are going to manufacture in our minds a reality that matches what our biases are or what our expectations are. We will interpret the world around us to match what we expect it to be because that's the way to um, homeostasis of the mind, to keep balance between what we expect and what we see. Okay, I don't have to freak out if things are the way that I expect them to be. So it's for our own mental health that we have this confirmation bias tendency to interpret the world based on what we expect it to be. But once you know that that's going on, and once you know that the mind is malleable, and once you know that you can observe your thoughts and see, how do I view the world? Am I a pessimist? Am I an optimist? Am I any shades in between? Do I think of myself as a victim? Do I think of other people as a victim? Do I think of myself as a beneficiary? Do I think that things are happening to me? Or do I think that things are happening for me? Do I see a hidden gift, uh, a learning opportunity, and any failure? What type of system is my brain creating through my beliefs and my expectations and, and if it's malleable
can I make changes to it intentionally? To say, maybe I do worry too much. Maybe it's true that there are all these horrible things that could happen. But it's also true that all of these days behind me have, I've experienced and those things haven't happened. So if I'm really being rational and practical, the odds that they're going to happen in the future based on what's happened in the past, they're pretty minuscule. Is my focus of attention equally minuscule or am I devoting a large amount of my focus of attention to things that probably just aren't going to happen? And is all of that worry creating in me not such a great life? Because I've experienced that. And these are questions that I've had to ask myself. And so, what do you do? And I kind of... I don't know if the reason that I go to this is because I had this lesson in Sunday school when I was a kid... Or I don't know if I'm just embarrassed that the answer was given to me in a Sunday school class and I didn't get it. And I mocked it for so long. But it really does have to do so much with the type of media that we consume. Because this kind of, those kinds of messages that we observe and believe and accept, they reinforce our belief systems. And then that reinforces our expectations of the world, and then that reinforces through confirmation bias what we see, and and we become entrenched in these beliefs. And so paying close attention to the types of shows that I watch, the type of music that I listen to. I know it sounds like a Sunday school and I hate that. (laughs) I hate that part of it. But I've made those changes in my life of what I spend my time listening to and types of things before. Like I, I understand when I talk to listeners and I read comments online about uh, woo woo stuff or, you know, (laughs) because I used to mock a lot of the stuff that I'm paying attention to now, I used to mock it too. It used to seem so like Pollyanna and just, I didn't want to fool myself. I wanted to be real. I wanted to be rigorous. And then I decided being curious was more interesting and more fun. And I started seeing my own limitations that I'd put on myself things that I had denied myself that I didn't really understand and I thought that I did and I still don't (laughs) I still don't completely or fully understand but I understand enough that it's not the bullshit that I thought it was before so I, I guess part of what the experience of leaving the Mormon church has done for me showed me how to deconstruct a belief system and then reconstruct a belief system. And that's something that is 
not only possible, it, it's something that we biologically have been hard, like programmed. We have the hardware to be able to do it. That's how the brain reacts and responds to what it absorbs, what it's exposed to, the way that evolution responds to its environment. And our brains respond to our environment and pass along that environment to the inner environment of our body through all of the chemicals that our brain produce and send throughout our body all of the different signals and messages and neural transmitters, being able to create serotonin, creating cortisol, adrenaline, oxytocin, these molecules that are created by our bodies unconsciously as a response to things that are in our environment. And all of it goes to shape this filter that perceives reality that at one point was shaped very strongly by Mormonism and still Mormonism has its imprint. And I've, I've, I'm at a place now where I'm grateful for that. I, and I used to feel really embarrassed by it. Like I'm still not at the point where I'm proud of having graduated from BYU. That's <laughs> something I still feel shame about. But there are other things about having been raised Mormon that I used to feel shame about that I don't anymore. I'm actually quite grateful for. Weird, huh? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.